Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm 
and the signs and all that, and I'll be moving the computer. We'll uh, start in prayer here in a minute. Appreciate everybody that's listening. Right. 
chair is not as portable as the old one that I had to throw away because it got too old and crumbly and falling apart. I have to find a better chair and set the computer in that will slide better. And where will I get it? We'll get it. God will provide it. We'll now start the recording on the radio station. Heavenly Father, praise your holy name. Thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love, and your long suffering. Thank you, Father, for your presence with us. Thank you, Father, for not leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this new day. Thank you for getting us through this week and this month thus far. Thank you, Father, that as every day goes by, every week, every month, every year, that we're closer and closer to your kingdom and to your coming and to the end of all evil 
Praise your holy name. Father, we pray for Brittany as she's in a lot of pain and suffering. We lift her up to you, Lord, that you would help her, give her strength, the lessening of the pain and healing in her body. We ask, Father, for your mercy, grace, and favor in that situation. We lift up to you her friend that's having the hip surgery. That is a major, huge surgery. We lift that person up to you, Lord, that your will prevails in that situation. And the other prayer requests as well. We lift up to you all the followers of this ministry in Zimbabwe and across Africa and South America, Australia, and the United States, Korea, and anywhere else that they may be, those that are seeking, those that are seeking what the truth really is and that they really care about that and are willing to repent, we lift them up to you, Lord. We know that you are faithful. Forgive. We confess and repent. We stay steadfast in you. Father, we ask for special help upon this service today. We ask, Lord, that cut your words in my mouth and in our hearts and in our minds. And that when we finish the sermon today, that we will not forget spiritual principles that are taught in this sermon. Pray that we would apply your will, your spirit, your instructions into our lives on a daily basis, every night, and forevermore without end. Pray, Lord, that you would convict us of our sins and help us to confess our sins. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves the way you see us, even when it is things that are very difficult for us to accept about ourselves, even things that we don't want to hear or see about ourselves. We ask, Lord, for your word to penetrate our hearts and minds and reveal to us our flaws, our weaknesses, and our transgressions. Convert us and transform us, Lord, into your glory into the full statue of Jesus Christ. Be able to be turned into spirit eternal and partake of paradise forever. Pray, Lord, for purification now for our lives, hearts, and minds and lives. Pray that your will will prevail and our families, our friends, our co-workers, all the followers of this ministry, and all of your people that you are calling. Lift up to Sister Brittany, I mean Sister Kiki as well, turning her aches, her pains, 
her illnesses, her family. Brother AJ, rest for his body and mine. So, peaceful rest on a nightly basis on the seventh day. We also ask for your help for Brother Russell, Kareem, Upinion, Meekness, Aram, Peter, Jonathan. And so many others around the world. We pray for Brother Robert. We pray, Lord, for your kingdom be ushered in even now within your church. Your way, your law, your government, your administration, your kingdom, and for your family to be increased. More laborers in the field, more converts who are true, true unto the end and forevermore beyond. Praise your holy name. You're faithful to finish the work that you started in us. It is your kingdom. We are your family. We are your citizens, your church, your people, your congregation. Praise your holy name. Father, we ask, Lord, for strengthening of my body and mind and soul as I stand here to deliver this message on your behalf to your people. Because, Father, you know that I have been extremely, extremely sick in the last hour. I ask, Lord, for healing in my stomach, for a quickening of your Holy Ghost upon me, in me and through me, for the sake of your people, for the sake of your church. For your glory. Pray, Lord, that this service be in your hands, in your mind, and in your actions, and in your will. Father, we turn this service over to you. Please have your way and your will. In Jesus' holy name, so be it. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. We're going to start today in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Hebrews 4. <clears throat> we had some problems with the radio station last week and several days last week, including the seventh day and the few days after that, but thankfully the radio station is back up and going again, as good as new, so praise Jesus for that, although we're having, still having a lot of problems getting, keeping some internet connectability, internet's not very reliable here in the last few days. And even worse, over in Zimbabwe, they're constantly having major internet problems there. 
very difficult to communicate with all of the congregation. You feel like the enemy is definitely within spiritual warfare against this ministry and those that are seeking the truth. We all need to pray more and pray harder for people in Zimbabwe who are coming to the knowledge of the truth, accepting the truth, growing in the truth, that there be no more hindrances to the development and growth of that work, of the work of Jesus Christ in those people, our brothers and sisters in Zimbabwe. In the name of Jesus, we bind, cut asunder, and destroy all the hindrances and interference with the congregation in Zimbabwe. And we pronounce blessings and help on that congregation in Jesus' name. We pronounce stability of the Internet for the work of the kingdom. And we pronounce free movement of our congregation in Zimbabwe. Jesus' name, so be it. We praise Jesus that Brother AJ in Korea now has been freed to get more rest for his body, which he very much needed, very much needed, and that we've been praying for for a long time. Praise God for answered prayers there. Praise the Lord. Praise God that Kiki was able to get back on the Internet. She's been having Internet problems as well. Praise God that she's been able to get back on the Internet. We do need to keep AJ in prayer also concerning the 5G Internet that is uh, taken off in Korea, South Korea. Very dangerous situation there very powerful form of uh, corruption, as we talk about in the article on the website, the corruption of the petroleum and automobile and electrical industries, corruption upon mankind. And that's part of it, how they have used electricity in a, a way and a form that continues to get even more and more and more evil, corrupting society and as truly, I'll tell you what, I just continue to learn more and more how the Internet is destroying mankind, God's children. Every day, every week, every month I live, I'm understanding this more and more. And it is going to be such a huge deliverance and blessing and a lot of the electricity upon this earth is knocked out. And I sometimes pray for that day of what a great deliverance it will be. Pray for Brother AJ's health concerning not only rest, but protection from the 5G networks. Here in America, we see how in the large metro cities of Atlanta and New York and so forth, 
many different metro areas across the United States. It has taken off now. The same cities in America that people should have already fled from many years ago and would have already many years ago if they had obeyed the voice of the Lord. Amen. But people have been so stiff-necked, stubborn, proudful, thinking that their own way is better than the voice of the Lord. Just because they was raised somewhere or moved there and fell in love with that place, beauty of the beach or the convenience of a big city, or the closeness of family and friends, or the, the many jobs, or whatever it may be, excuses, excuses, excuses to stay in a very dangerous place. The metro cities are extremely dangerous to your children, your family, your health, and your future safety. And the sooner that anyone could flee, from a huge cesspool, the better. Amen. Cesspool, place where all the poop, urine, and waste all flows into. And that is your urban cities. Any of you are not yet a member of the 5G, the anti-5G group on MeWe. We do encourage you to join that. We also have the Christian Preppers for Jesus group for survival prepper information. We have the new Bible Archaeology website group, MeWe social group as well, and so many, several, several other groups. Another one is the Nephilim awareness group and a few others so lots of different groups that we have started on MeWe as an effort to get people away from Facebook providing places for people to gather together and talk and fellowship and grow together and share common interests give you something productive to do with your life something that's healthy for you, except for the fact that it is on the Internet. But if you're going to be on the Internet, you might as well be somewhere that is more appropriate for God's people. Today, we're going to talk about something we've talked about many, many, many times before. I've preached this over and over, but it is still needful to repeat this, teach this, and bring this up again. And that is the need to see ourselves come to the realization of our own flaws, faults, sins, transgressions, weaknesses. So the, the title of today's sermon is Be Self. See yourself. See self, confess, and repent. See self, confess, 
can repent. Starting in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 says, For the word of Theos is living and active. Just think about that right there. It's living and active. Not dead. It's not gone. It's not deleted. It's not done away. It's not ended. But living, the word of Theos is living. And if it's living, then it's active. It's doing something. It's breathing. It's breathing life into us. His word is quickening to us. It gives life. That word quickening means it is brings action. It brings action to something. And it brings something to life. It makes something move. Faster and empowers that thing. We can use the sentence that there is a quickening in this world, meaning that there is something in this world that is moving faster, something that is propelling things to move faster toward the end or toward knowledge of the truth or whatever something that provokes something to move faster or brings life to something, energy to something. And God's word is quickening, it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So there is no other sword sharper than the word of God. And piercing, stabbing, cutting, as far as the division of soul and spirit. We can debate whether soul and spirit is one and the same thing or not. doesn't matter very much, except for the fact that God's word can divide the spirit and, it says, the joints and the marrow. So you've got fleshly things and spiritual things within your own body. It could be that spirit is talking about God's spirit and soul is talking about your soul. Your soul, God's soul, and your flesh. The Word of God can cut these things and divide these things. Scripture says that he gives us the commandments as both life and death, blessing and cursing. Life and blessing and long life if you keep his commandments, but curses, sickness and death and affliction if you do not keep his commandments, including the holy days and Sabbath day. So we can actually die from not keeping his commandments, and the word of God brings that about. The Bible says that the law brings death because it makes us aware of our sins. The law of God 
opens our eyes, or at least tries to open our eyes, to the knowledge of our sins. The Bible teaches this. So that word of God can cut into us and cue us by the very fact that we're not obeying. It is the surgeon's hand. The surgeon, God, the great physician, wants to do surgery on us and circumcise our heart. He wants to do heart surgery. We need heart surgery. Amen. He wants to remove all the blockages of his blood. Amen. The blockages of his word, the blockages of his spirit, those things that quench his spirit. He wants to remove all that. He wants to remove all the toxins from our heart, mind, spirit, soul, and joint and marrow. Not only does he want to do heart surgery, but he wants to do bone surgery and joints. He wants to operate throughout our bodies by the spirit and soul of the great physician. Now, in that surgery, there could be complications. It could go well or it could go bad for us, but his purpose is to do us well and to do us right. That is the hope and prayer of any surgeon. He does not mean his harm. But if our bodies and our soul kicks back against that surgeon, Jesus said to Saul, who became the apostle Paul, why have you kicked against me? something like that. If our body or so kicks back against the surgeon like a dog biting his master who is trying to give him medicine, how to give a dog or a cat, even worse, a pill, and you get all scratched up, and you're just trying to help. Man. Some people are too scratchy Fight back against the hand of God when he's just trying to help us. Amen. So that surgeon's knife, the word of God, can do us right if we cooperate with the surgeon and follow all his orders. But if we take the surgeon's hand and his knife and say, no, I don't want this, I would rather live without the circumcision of the heart. I don't want my heart circumcised. I don't want my mind circumcised. I don't want the repair of my life because I'm happy the way I am. I am this is the way, this is the way I am. The way my parents raised me, parents raised me King James only, that's the way I want to stay. I don't want you to take away that King James only with some people's ill remarks against God when he's trying to remove that plaque from their minds. Amen. King James' only doctrine is like Alzheimer's disease, a plaque upon the brain that you cannot remove unless God removes it and you cooperate and follow his orders. Then he can remove that plaque. Amen. It says here that he is able or his word is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions 
of the heart. Amen. As I've said many times before, everybody is always saying it's a matter of the heart about Christmas, Easter, Halloween, so forth. And they say because it's a matter of the heart, they can do those things that are evil and abominable to God because their intent is okay and good. They don't mean harm. But the fact is he sees deeper into the heart and mind, being the great physician, the word of God being sharper than a physical doctor sword, sharper than any sword, he can see deeper than the physical physician. He can see deeper into your heart and mind than what you can unless you allow him to reveal to you on the camera what he sees. On some surgeries, you can see the doctor. They let you stay awake, and you can watch him on a camera or a monitor right beside your bed, surgery bed. You can actually watch them do the surgeries on you. I think maybe Dad had that thing, even Brittany never had something like that. But that happens sometimes. And on certain invasive medical tests, they can do that and so forth. And if you allow God to show you the picture of what he sees deep inside you while he's trying to work on you, and he keeps you awake to where you can see it, and he wakes you up and keeps you awake to where you can see what he sees, if you allow him to show you what he sees with his eyes, with the reflection and mirror of God's word, and fasting and prayer and self-examination. His word, including not only reading the scripture, but listening to the sermons and studying and so forth. Reading the articles and the flyers. These are mirrors into the eyes of God. Amen. He knows the real intentions, that the reason that they want to continue and continue and continue in their false doctrine, Sunday worship and other Roman Catholic doctrines, Christmas, Easter, and Halloween, is because they have no true heart for God. Scripture says that if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Amen. Verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things were woken and laid bare, naked, to the eyes of him with whom that we have to do. Meaning, who we are judged by and who gave us life and who is trying to work with us and who we have to face at the judgment day and so forth. No creature is hidden from his sight. He sees all. Because he is everywhere at all times. We're all naked to him, both inside and outside. We are all naked to the eyes of God. We cannot hide from him. We cannot hide any physical or spiritual or mental or emotional defect from him. He even knows how many hairs is on our head. But he would also know 
every other detail of our flesh and mind and heart even better than we do. We don't know how many hairs that we have on our head, do we? But he does. So he does know us physically and spiritually, mentally, and emotionally better than we do ourselves. Amen. We all need some surgery on our hearts and minds, every one of us, myself included. And it's for our good, amen, to heal us in all these matters different ways. Go to Romans chapter 2, Romans 2. Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. God is good all the time. Even when he's thanking us, he's good, and he's only thanking us only for because we deserve it and to correct us, to help us. Verse 28, Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision, true circumcision, is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from theos. So according to most people, a Jew is one physically, following all the letter of the law about animal sacrifices, at least that's what they want to do, and always being circumcised in the flesh and following uh, the law to the letter, to the legalistic letter of the law and so forth. But Paul is speaking to the Roman congregation of both Gentile and Jew that were in Rome and telling them that why a true Jew is not defined in the eyes of God, according to God, according to the Spirit of God, a true Jew is one that is circumcised in the heart, not of the flesh. The whole book of Romans is about how that God started out with the Israelites, but sent Paul to the Gentiles to increase the family of God, to increase his kingdom, and to call the Gentiles into the family of Israel. And that Israel is seen as a tree with roots, the roots being the Israelites. But with many of the branches being the Gentiles, and the Gentiles are adopted into this tree. John 15 also describes the family of God as being a tree with many branches. There is still such a thing as physical Jews and physical Israel. Because we do see in the book of Revelation that even in paradise, 
the names of the tribes will be engraved on the walls, floor, or whatever it is, some part of the building or city of Jerusalem, the new one. And we also see the ceiling of the 144,000 from the 12 tribes as well. So there are still physical Israelite tribes that he is still concerned about. But the scripture also says that there is neither Jew nor Gentile in the kingdom, or however it says that, talking about that salvation is available to both the Jew and the Gentile. That's all that means, is that there's no difference between Jew and Gentile, Gentile and Jew as far as who can get saved. Amen. So I've seen very recently people saying the only white people can get saved, and I've seen very recently only black people can get saved. Both of those are so ridiculous. And anybody that believes either way, the only white people can get saved or only black people can get saved, either one of those I, uh, ways of thinking is both doctrines of hate, the serpent seed doctrine, saying that the Jews can't get saved or the people that live in Israel can't get saved because they're not really of the tribe of the Jews. They're fake Jews. All of that. They're doctrines of prejudice, racism, and hatred. But anybody of any race, any color, any language, which the Bible says in the book of Revelation, that people from every language and every tribe will get saved every not even just the tribes of Israel, but all the tribes of the earth, it says. All the tribes of the earth, everybody, every race and every nation and every tongue, every language, people will be saved, even the African languages. People not read the Bible. They don't, do they? Except for just the verses they want to read. So anyway, it says here, that a true Jew, spiritually speaking, a person that is truly in the house of God, his kingdom, is one that is circumcised of the heart, one that did have the surgery, and that God did remove the skin, outer layer, from the heart. And what that means is that God has removed hindrances and blockages from our life, things that interfered with us being part of his family and entering the kingdom. King James only doctrine, removing that, removing the whiteness, removing pride, removing pagan holidays and all kinds of other stuff, removing from us anything that would hinder us from obtaining eternal life forever without end. Amen. So when people say, well, you, only the Jews are supposed to keep the seventh day and the holy days, you can say, well, biblically, anybody that is saved is a Jew. Because that's what this verse is saying. Spiritually speaking, anyone that's saved is saved by the blood of a Jew. Amen. And we're adopted into his family, which makes us a Jew. Spiritually speaking, 
And the way that it had always been is once she was adopted into that family, even if, even if it was from war and invasion, and even if they had taken a Gentile as a slave into Israel, they were adopted into their family and had to keep all the commandments of God and had to be circumcised, even their slaves. So this is even the way it works spiritually to this day, is that even if we are Gentiles, we are adopted in and we are circumcised spiritually by the Spirit of God rather than by the letter. Amen. Now, we need to allow the God to dig deep into us, cut into us, and reveal to us what's inside of us. We need to ask God for this surgery. Sometimes you've got to tell the doctor, hey, I need surgery. I'm sick. <clears throat> I'm hurting. I feel this. I feel that. And... I agree to the surgery, and let's arrange a date, and let's do this. Amen. It's got to work both ways. You have to come into a contract with the physician. You have to enter into agreement that you need this. If you don't think you need it, then you're like, I don't need it. I don't want surgery. I don't need the surgery. There's nothing wrong with me. And too often that is the stiff neck, the stiff neck, stubborn, rebellious, powerful attitude and heart of people. Way too often, very common. So many people I can think of that have left this ministry, either on their own or because I told them not to come back, either way. Many people that have left this ministry, it was because they would not confess their own sin, their own fault, their own false doctrine, their own foolishness, their own breaking of the first commandment. And that is such a huge problem. That not only with people that have left the ministry or been kicked out of the ministry, but even those that remain in the ministry, many people still have not yet achieved what they need to achieve about being able to see themselves the way God sees them. They're not yet acknowledging to themselves or to God or to one another that the condition of sin or being out of the will of God, which is the same thing, exists. Every year we prepare for Passover, and every year we prepare for the Day of Atonement in the fall, in September, October. And throughout the year and all the holy days, we continue and continue to examine ourselves, try to. And we all need to be growing in understanding of ourselves. We've got to understand ourselves. Because without understanding ourselves, we can't really repent. We have to, at first, know 
realize, comprehend that we have done something wrong or we have some kind of weakness, something, some kind of flaw that God needs to work on. We have to first come to that realization before we can agree to the surgery. Amen. Because otherwise, you're, you just have that attitude of, I don't need it. Not wrong. We have to allow the word of God to penetrate us to where we can get that point. That comes through reading the scripture and studying the scripture and fasting and listening to the sermons, paying attention, taking notes, and thinking about what was said. At the end of every day, we need every one of us to think about everything that was said, everything that was done in all of our conversations. I said such and such to a certain person, and they said such and such to me. I said this, they said that, this is how I reacted, this is what I did. And examine ourselves. Was that the right reaction? Was that the right words? Was that the right attitude? Was that the right heart? Did I sin today and how did I sin today? So that when we are in that final prayer of the night, before we close our eyes, that we have examined ourselves for the day and repented of that daily sin. You really, really need to do that. Review everything that happened that day. Was it all acceptable to God? Was you mature about everything? What did you say? What did you think? Even not, not just what you did on the outside of your body, but also what you did mentally or emotionally or spiritually, what you did. You can sin without even moving your body. You can sin just by laying in bed not moving an inch. You can sin with your mind and heart. Jesus said, you know the commandment about thou shalt not murder, but I say unto you that even if you just hate your brother, meaning hate without cause, then you're still guilty of the murder. Or even if a man look upon a married woman, a woman that is not available to you, then you have sinned in your heart, in your mind. Then we need to examine ourselves on a daily and weekly, monthly basis and before atonement and before Passover. And we do have the Day of Atonement, Day of Fasting coming up in September or October. And that's going to be here before we know it. Amen. But we don't have to wait till that holy day. We can examine ourselves now. Amen. And not only what we did in our heart, mind, spirit, soul, or flesh, but also what we did not do. Did not keep the seventh day, did not keep the holy day, did not keep the feast, did not pay the tithe, did not have faith, did not believe and trust in God. These things are sins. 
did not do such and such that God wanted us to do. Did not say such and such that he did put on our heart and mind and we did not obey him because we were too fearful. Whatever it may be, things we've done or not done, spiritually and mentally, emotionally, spiritually or physically. Amen. Leaving the Bible to teach us and lead us in his way and his direction. And allowing that spirit of God, that sword of God, to change our doctrines, the way we think about things, and the way we think and act and behave and perform in our life. Allowing that word of God to transform us and to change us and to convert us even more and more every year and never ending that every year we're throwing something away, another piece of foreskin out of our heart, out of our mind. I can't tell you how many times I thought I have thrown everything away and yet another month, another few months, there's something else that I finally come to realize i got to throw that away, physically or spiritually. And I believe that if every one of us continue and continue and continue to examine ourselves, that's going to be true for every one of us, not just myself. I know I'm chief of sinners like Paul was, but come on, I know that you all share a lot of the same Babylonian, corrupted thinking, corrupted habits and and materialism and pride and vanity and stubbornness and stiff-neckedness and lack of trust, lack of faith, lack of obedience, you name it. There's a ton of ways that we transgress the Spirit of God and quench His Spirit all the time. We've got to be honest with ourselves. Amen. We've got to be honest with God and with one another. Look at chapter 12, verse 3, Romans 12, verse 3. Paul says, For though or through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly, more highly of himself than he ought to think but to think so as to have sound judgment. Sound judgment in this context is about yourself, judging yourself, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. I've seen so many people say to me and to others that they were the best at this, or they were the best in the whole world about something. That's not humility, that's pride. It may even be true that a person is the best in the world about something, but to say it out loud or even in your heart or mind is pride. Amen. And many times when people say things like that, it's not really true. But not just in that example, but even concerning sin that God is trying to point out. And when we say to ourselves or to God or to the pastor that, hey, we don't have that problem, then you are thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. 
God does use the servants that he has chosen for the administration of the church, the pastors and the prophets and the evangelists and the deacons. He has chosen those men to point out people's sin. Not just to talk about love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and examining yourself and prophecy, but also to point out your sin. He told Isaiah in Isaiah uh, 58, verse 1, to blow the trumpet and to warn the people and to spare not and to tell his people their sins. What did Paul do? What did Jesus do? What did Isaiah do? What did Jeremiah do? They all pointed out people's sin. That is part of the job of the pastor. Not a pleasant part, but it's a part of the work of the pastor. And it's still the word of God and the spirit of God doing the surgery through the pastor. What surgeon goes into the operation room all by himself? He always has nurses, assistants. Sometimes there's a, even a second doctor there, even a third sometimes. So he does work through his assistants, his messengers, his administration of the church. It is still the word of God and the spirit of God that's working, trying to circumcise us. Let's go to James 5, right after Hebrews, James 5. Praise the Lord, his word, his direction. James chapter 5. Start in verse 13. James 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must. Uh, I need to get bookmarks where I keep my place better. Hang on a second here. Verse 14. Anyone among you sick, then he must call for the elders of the congregation of called out ones, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the authority of the Lord. Now, many people would say, you don't need a pastor. If you're sick, you can pray for healing, and God can heal you. And that's true that that happens many times. However, there's also times that we are to call for the elders of the church, the administration of the church. And they are to pray over him on his behalf, anoint him or her with oil and the authority of the Lord. In verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith, talking in the context about the prayer of the elders, praying over that sick person, that prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up from his sick bed. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. 
So there's a connection here sometimes with sin and sickness. Not all the time, but sometimes. And God uses the administration of the church to do both. To remit, to bring forth the healing spiritually and physically. Surgery to his physician assistance. The Lord will raise him up. He is the head physician. But he is using his assistant surgeons in this operation for a physical sickness and a spiritual sickness. There's a physical healing and a spiritual healing, a circumcision of a forgiveness and lifting up and removal of the sins. Verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. In the context, confess your sins to your pastor, but also to your brothers and sisters who are also assistants and can help us and help us see ourselves for who we really are. As I said in that sermon, that People can smell us and see us better than we can smell us and see ourselves. So not only are we to pray and fast and read and study the scripture to obtain this surgery, but also talking to one another, confessing our sins to one another, to the pastor and to our brothers and sisters, confessing our sins to one another. Not being hypocrites, not pretending that we're perfect, not pretending that we're without sin, but admitting, admitting, confessing to ourselves, God, to our pastors, and to our brothers and sisters. And guess what? I have this problem. I need surgery. I need your prayers. I need God's help. I need your support. I need accountability, a partner. I need more prayers, more hands-on. I need anointing. I need all these things. We're a family of one another, members of one another. Why hide things from your brother? I could always tell my brother and my dad every secret I have. Just about, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but for the most part, absolutely. And the family of God does need to become more intimate with one another. We talk about love. But love is a active feeling. It's not something that just sits inside you. If you love, it's going to flow from your body. It is a quickening verb. It is a quickening adjective. It is a quickening word of God. God is the word. Jesus is the word. And God is love. God is love, and God is the word, 
and love cannot be stagnant, cannot be. It will move. It is living. It is active. It will kiss. It will hug. It will cry. It will shout. It will yell. It will cut. It will heal. It will do whatever it needs to do to achieve what needs to be done. That's why love sometimes is tough love, because love sometimes has to be tough and powerful and painful and will cut. Tough love does cut your feelings and hurt your feelings. But grow up. Tough, toughen up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup. Love hurts. The truth hurts. But we're not children anymore. We have to get off our tricycle, stop crying over every little scratched knee, and suck it up and hold our head up and get back up on the horse and say, yes, I fell, and yes, somebody pushed me, and yes, this happened, and yes, that happened, but I'm an adult. I'm a king. I'm a queen in the kingdom of God. And God has chosen me and and given me so much knowledge and understanding of the truth and called me into his elect and showed me his power and his authority and his mercy and his grace and his love. And I believe in him and I trust in him and he is my father and he does love me and he has put me here. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I'm going to, be happy, and I am going to rejoice. I have tons and tons and tons and tons of reasons to rejoice and be thankful and to trust him and to feel safe in his hands. God is in control, and he is faithful. Amen. God is God. And he is our father, and he is faithful to see us through to the end if we would do our part and learn how to ride the bicycle and not the tricycle. Amen. People are constantly, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this, and nothing ever happens because he doesn't want to do that, and it's not his job to do that. It is our job to do that. He did his work. Now he's sitting down. Now it's our time to pick up our own feet, our own legs, our own mouth, our own ears, and do what we are supposed to do. And be responsible, adult people. Amen. And be thankful for all things. And see the glass half full and not half empty. Because that half-full glass is like a thousand glasses to somebody in Africa. I do not understand the lack of thanksgiving and gratitude for every crumb that falls from the table. The woman that said to Jesus, and Jesus had already said to her that we don't feed the dogs. 
talking about the Gentiles. And the woman said, but Master, do not even the puppies, do not even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table? And he was happy with that saying. Amen. And the woman was rewarded. Blessed. Here in America, we are so spoiled, rotten. And we need to see that that is one of our faults. And lack of gratitude and lack of thanksgiving for every bit of every little bit of luxury in this. You know what? There is white privilege, I just came to know. There is white privilege because of the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we were born with. And we are sport rotten on these white privileges from the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was sport rotten on it in the time that Jesus walked on the earth in the flesh of a man and took for granted that they were Abraham's children. But Jesus said to them, that God is able to make children of the rocks. Trying to tell these people, stop being proudful that you are white. Stop being proudful that you are Israelites because even the rocks can become the children of God. The Bible says even the rocks shall cry out to him and praise him and worship him. Because people don't. We need to be people of praise and worship and thanksgiving and rejoicement and joy and happiness because our Father is the Prince of Peace. And He is good to us all the time. He is never bad to us in any way, shape, or form, even when He is punishing us severely for our what we did do, what we were guilty of. Being the good father that wants to see his children grow up and mature and to do right and become kings and queens in his kingdom. Amen. He only wants to do his good and not harm. Amen. As any father would. Praise the Lord. But we need to confess our sins or faults to one another, but we've got to do that to ourselves first. Amen. How can we confess to others if we cannot confess it to ourselves? Amen. We also know that it was confession, confession at baptism in Matthew 3, verse 6, if you want to put that in your notes that there was confession at baptism. So that's, again, a public confession in front of your pastor, in front of the congregation. Amen. Let's go to Acts 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. 
Acts 7, verse 51. Luke, who was a doctor from Syria, wrote the book of Acts. And he says that, I think it was Peter that was talking here at the time, perhaps, or maybe Paul, whoever it was, it says in verse 51, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Ghost, resisting the hand of the doctor. Amen? Resisting the Holy Ghost. You're doing just as your forefathers did. Talking to the Jews there. He's saying you're stiff-necked. That's another way of saying you're proudful. And you're resisting. If you're stiff, you're not allowing the chronofactor to align you. We should allow God to not only do surgery, but to realign us as the great chronofactor. Realign us into the center of his will. But if we're so stiff-necked that he cannot pop our neck, I go to the chronofactor sometimes. I lay there, and he tells me, relax your head, relax, relax. And I have a hard problem of relaxing, especially my back, when he wants to pop my back. But it makes it very difficult to pop your back or your neck if you're stiff. Got to loosen up. People got to loosen up. I tell you, people got to loosen up. Don't be so stiff about everything. God has humor. God wants us to enjoy ourselves and have a good time in acceptable ways. But being proudful or resistant to his movement of how, and we're quenching his spirit, resisting the Holy Ghost. The Bible says quench not the spirit. People are resisting the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost is trying to move us forth. The Holy Ghost is trying to lead us away from legalism, away from Babylon, away from Babylonian doctrines, away from Babylonian preachers, away from Babylonian thinking. So many things, and immaturity and everything else, and ungratefulness and pride. We've got to stop resisting the hand of the Lord and allow that Holy Ghost to realign our thinking our hearts, our minds, our actions, our attitudes, and our priorities. Amen. God is good. Amen. And it is not just the lost people that have these problems about resisting the Holy Ghost because God said many times throughout the Old Testament about his own people that they were stiff-necked. He told, he told Jeremiah, I send you to stiff-necked people, a rebellious house, my house, my people, are rebellious, stiff-necked people, God said. His own people. No wonder the Bible says that judgment should start in the house of God. Amen. Just because we did get saved doesn't mean it's done. 
Because judgment starts in the house of God. Amen. And if it starts in the house of God, then how much more so fearful should the people be who are not in the house of God? But I would add to that verse that how much more fearful we should be being in the house of God that the judgment is starting with us. Amen. We should never get to that point that we say to ourselves or someone else or to God, I've obtained. Even Paul said he hadn't, had not obtained. We should not think that we're already perfect. We should not think that we're already without sin. We're getting there every year, getting rid of more and more trash every year. We're striving toward that, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, or at least we should be. Amen. We should be working out our salvation with fear and trembling. But not just staying in fear and depression and distress, but also being able to get back up after every prayer, knowing that if we lay our sins down on the altar of God, that those sins are atoned for by the powerful blood of Jesus. The powerful blood of Jesus. Do not make his blood in vain or weak. So many people make the promises of God in vain, weak, make them weak by not believing and trusting in the promises of God and make the blood of Jesus as water not trusting in his power, his blood, his ability, and his faithfulness to forgive us and to wipe the slate clean. That blood is not like weak water, but it is powerful, more powerful than bleach, to cleanse and purify and disinfect our impurities. We allow it to do so and stop resisting and stop fighting back. Believe in the power of the blood. Believe in the blood. Claim the blood and live in the spirit. Amen. And you have to do both. You claim all the blood you want and still not be purified if you don't live in the spirit and stop resisting the Holy Ghost. You have to do both. Accept the life and the death of Jesus Christ. Accept the living, quickening Holy Ghost that is transforming and living in you, transforming you on a daily basis, and accept the atoning blood of Jesus to wipe away the past and live in the present and in the kingdom of the future. What is gone is gone, but what is come has come. And what is to come has come. For those that will accept it and embrace it and live it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus Christ. Praise his holy name. One more verse and we will stop. Let's go back to James. To James. Yeah. Yeah, go back to James. James 1 this time. Then we'll end. James 1. the book of Hebrews, 
James 1, verse 21. James 1, 21. We'll go down from there through verse 25. James 1, verse 21 says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains, all that's not yet been taken out, all that remains of the wickedness, in humility versus the pride, in humility, receive the word implanted. Receive, don't resist it. Receive it, accept it, believe in it. Receive the word implanted. He's putting an implant in us of that word of God into our joints, into our hearts, into our minds. God is so great. His word is so beautiful. Amen. The word implanted with humility. You can't receive it in pride because in pride, pride resists the hand of God. But in humility, receive the word implanted. Amen. which is able to save your souls. Talked about the soul. Verse 22, but prove yourselves doers of the word. You've got to prove yourself to God. Prove yourselves. Why does it say prove yourselves if you, do, if you don't have to prove yourself? It says prove yourself because you've got to prove yourself to God. Because you can say anything. Think anything, believe anything, but until you do it, you've not proven yourself. Amen? Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely people that just hear it who delude themselves. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror but once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. This is what we need to be here, I think, verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, law of liberty, it would be the law opposite of legalism, but there would still be some do's and don'ts because it is still a law. You can't have a law without do's and don'ts. The very meaning of law is that there is do's and don'ts, but it is the opposite of one that is legalistic. Look intently at that law and abide by it. Dwell in it, live in it, to make that your dwelling place not having become a forgetful hearer, but rather an effectual doer. Now, I learned that the Greek word there for effectual doer is actually the same word for worker, a worker. And I'm going to change it there to a worker being a worker. Not having become a forgetful hearer, but a worker. This man will be blessed in what he does.
I'm going to read that again, verse 25. But one who looks intently, looking intently would be deeply, strongly, powerfully, not just artificially, not just short term, not just skin deep, but really taking the time to examine himself with that perfect law of liberty. And then abide and dwell and live in that. That means accepting the mercy and grace of God. Accepting the forgiveness. Accepting the transforming. Accepting the surgery. Accepting the healing spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Whatever the case may be for you. Accepting the hand of God. The voice of God. The movement of God. The alignment of God. And not having become a forgetful hearer, but a worker. Having become a worker. One that works the word of God. One that follows through with the word of God. Does something with that word. Does something with that scripture. Does something with that which has provoked him to repentance. Amen. People in the book of Acts, they said to Peter when they heard the convicting sermon, they said, what must we do? So they wanted to do something. They had heard the word of God in Acts 2, 37 and 38. They had heard the word of God, and it cut them. It circumcised their heart. It made them want to change, and it made them want to repent. It made them want to do something. They said, what must we do? He said, repent. And that word repent means change. Change. So it's not enough to just believe, and it's not enough to just hear the word. But we must change. So the sermon today was named, See the Self and Confess and repent. You've got first to acknowledge your, your flaws and then confess them to yourself and to God and to one another. And then the next step is to actually do something about it uh, after you have come to the realization and confession. Then you have to do something about it. And actually not just pray, not just talk, not just talk to God, not just talk to yourself, not just talk to that person and that person and that person and that person, not just play all the time, but actually get up and do something about it. You don't like the way you look in the mirror? Do something. Dye your hair. Cut your hair. Put on this, put on that. Take off this, take off that. Go to the surgeon. Go on a diet. Do something about what you don't like in the mirror. You don't like your clothes, change your clothes. Whatever that is wrong with ourselves, we got to change it. Book of Revelation says that the church cleansed herself concerning her white robes, that she had washed her robes. She did it herself. She didn't send it off to the dry cleaners for somebody else to do it. She didn't just ask God to do it, and God did it, but she cleansed herself, washed her robes. God ain't going to do everything for us because we are grown-ups. 
and it's our job and our responsibility to clean ourselves on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis, continually. Cleaning ourselves. We're not babies and our mommies and daddies changing our diapers anymore. <clears throat> we got to clean up our own selves and change our own underwear. Amen. And if we believe in the power of God and faithfulness of God and the blood of God and in the power of his word and in his surgery of his word, his voice, his movement, his administration, his doctrine, his law, his commandments, if we believe in everything that God does, then it is not difficult. It is not difficult to do. What makes it difficult is our own resistance to him. But it is not difficult to come to that point to say, you know what, this is true about myself. If we're willing to see it and humble ourselves and confess it and then take that next step to say and do, I'm going to do it. It's not enough to say it but to do it, say, you know what? I am going to keep the Sabbath day. It is in the Bible. I am going to keep his holy days. It is what the Bible instructs. I'm going to leave Babylon, and I'm not going to ask for prayers from people that really are not obeying him. And I'm not going to follow people that really are not obeying him and are not part of his body, his church, his elect, his kingdom yet, when I have true brothers, true sisters, a true congregation, a true working of God, and follow through in this ministry, in this spirit, in this work, in this living word, in this surgery that is occurring right here, instead of being involved in somebody else's surgery next door of the Babylonian doctrine, We've got a surgeon working right here. Amen. And we, we offer the news on my Twitter feed. Well, you don't even have to be a member of Twitter to go to the newsletter, open up that page, and see the Twitter feed. We offer the news, what's going on around the world. We offer doctrine, hope, Blessing, miracle, deliverance, spiritual warfare, everything you can imagine and need is in the work of God. You don't have to go to Babylon for it. So I don't even understand when people even want to subscribe to newsletters of other ministries because we offer it all. I don't know how many groups we have now. I need to count it. It's all in God's kingdom. We don't have to get it from anywhere else. No. And we all 
part of this body working together, talking together, speaking together, sharpening the sword among ourselves. Several new people from different nations joining in. Work is growing, the work is expanding, it's exciting, it's exciting times. We see more and more ships headed towards Syria and Iran. We do see that. We see a, a, a great increase of preparedness for war. Time is clicking down. Amen. These are exciting times. God has chosen you. Be part of this. Be an active part of this. What a privilege it is. How grateful and rejoiceful and happy we should be to be his children, his workers, his ambassadors, his kings and queens that he has chosen, his wife, one of his wives that he has chosen for this day and this time, the most exciting time in all of human history. How privileged we are, every one of us, regardless of race, tongue, or color. How privileged we are to be the people of God. We used to not be a people. Now we are a people, a royal priesthood, a peculiar or a treasure to God. Let us not live in yesterday's words, but let us live in today's words. We used to say we're a peculiar people. But now we say what the Greek really meant, that we are a treasure, and that's better. That's better. We don't have to be crazy people anymore because God has healed our mind, and God has made us precious in his sight. We can let go of the past because the present and the future is even more exciting, more special, better than what we had before. And we can be a joint in the body, helping and supporting and being part of the work, each and every one of us, we can be a valuable part of this work if we are willing to work, not be jealous of one another, but cooperate with one another working together as one body, one spirit, in unity with God, not resisting his flow of information, not resisting his flow of work, his will, his spirit, his movement, his deliverance. What did they do when they crossed the Red Sea? They said, we want to hold on to the past. We want to go back to Egypt. I miss their food. I miss their bondage. I miss the sores and the scrapes and the beatings that I used to get, basically. God was delivering them. God sent his administration, his prophet, 
to lay down his life, left his wife, left his children, his wife, everything he was doing, left his family to focus on God's people. And the people was like, I don't care what you did. I don't care about what you sacrificed in your life to come and help us. And I don't care what God is doing, and I don't believe in his faithfulness to feed us on the seventh day. I have got to work on the seventh day, they said. I have to work. God will not feed me on the seventh day. There will not be enough on the seventh day. They did not enter into his rest of the seventh day. And Hebrews 4 says, let us be diligent that we do not follow the same example of unbelief and disobedience, but that we should work diligently to enter into that rest of that seventh day, according to the context. For there remains the Sabbath to the people of God. Amen. We have to keep his commandments. But there was a spiritual side of that as well, that we do enter into that rest that he gives us as the prince of peace, that he does restore our soul, that he does give us refreshing waters, that he is the, the fountain of living water, of refreshment and life that washes away sins. That water of life was the well of salvation, that he gives us that Holy Ghost in our, in our belly and souls and hearts and bodies and inner joints. He gives us that active and living, flowing water that cleanses us out, removes that sickness from my stomach. I'm sick in my stomach no more, praise the Lord. Because that water of life that flowed through me, that word of life, that spirit, that sword of God, flowed through me and pouring into my belly and out of my mouth if I do not quench it. If I do not focus on the negativity, if I do not focus on all the negative things, but if I'm willing for that word of God to flow through me and I do not hinder it and I do not fight back, but believe in his living being, believe in him, he's a living word, trust in him, listen to him, and become his body and let him live in me. Allow him to live in me, praise the Lord. Then I shall overcome and I shall be even more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. More than a conqueror. Meaning that I will win the fight and I will get the victory. Amen. But not as one that fighteth and beateth in the thin air, fighting nothing, no. But one that fights to win, one that runs the race to win. i got to win. I'm going to win. And I'm not going to let anything or anyone prevent me from winning. I will press through the crowd. I may be bleeding. I may be bleeding heavy, and I may have been bleeding heavy for 12 years, but I'm not going to let anyone Anything stand in my way, I am going to touch the hem of his garment, and I will be made whole, because I believe in him. And the past is gone, and now I have walked into the future. And now I can now sit 
in his lap as a clean woman. Not in my own blood, but in his blood. Because I did believe, and I was more than a hearer of the word, but I was a doer, and I pressed, and I worked, and I believed, and I trusted, and I reached out my hand. And received the kingdom. I won the race. I passed everybody up. Anybody, everybody could have held me back, all of those horrible men. But I pressed through and touched the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love that song, He Touched. But it doesn't have to be a story of the past. It can be now. Amen. The miracles, the testimonies, the answered prayers of the past, they're all important, but we got to have the answered prayers and the miracles of today, not from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. We need the miracles and the answered prayers of today by reaching out and doing something about it today and stop laying in the floor, wallowing in the mud and in our tears and our distress and get up and live in Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is not just me and what I think, but it's God, what he thinks, he that lives in me, he that speaks through me, he that has chosen me, he that has put me in this pulpit. It is what he says and what he thinks. And it is his word and his movement, his scalpel. It is his sword. It is tearing things, removing things, cutting things, fixing things, and wanting to give us life and peace and joy and thanksgiving to where it doesn't have to be one day a year or just the holy days, but every day can be thanksgiving. Every day can be the day of our independence. Every day can be our victory if we will live and walk and dwell and abide in Jesus Christ. Amen. God is so good. We should fall at his feet and worship him every day, every morning, every night. But we also must get up and do our chores and work and take care of one another and be responsible adults and then come back and collapse at his feet again. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ, God of heaven and earth, the living word. Praise his holy name. His soul never died. It was only his flesh that died. His soul lives forever. He is the eternal, the past, the present, the future. He is the G forever. Amen. He is the eternal, the Lord, the God Almighty. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. Let's finish with the song. It's the CD. And it's in the yellow songbook, Fire in the Blood. What 
page number is that, anyone? Page 14. Anyone that can stand, please stand. There's another special service is coming up on Wednesday. Wednesday, July 3rd, will be the new moon. So we'll have services at 7 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. And then uh, as a group, we're going to go out uh, later that night 
to watch the 4th of July parade down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the first 4th of July parade in the nation being at midnight just as it turns the 4th. So it'll be a first time uh, doing that and celebrating God's deliverance for this nation from the tyranny of the King of England. Praise the Lord. That was a very special battle, very special victory that God gave us, these people, our nation, giving thanks to God. Praise the Lord. So many other things coming up soon. And uh, perhaps taking a trip up to see the uh, Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. sometime this summer, perhaps in September, perhaps. And start thinking about the Feast of Tabernacles and planning for that. Uh, And hopefully be releasing some information on that about where we'll be this year. Hope that some people will come and join us for the first time for the feast. And hope for some people that have been with us in the past to repent and return. Amen. The door is open for some of the people. And praise the Lord that the door is still open. Praise Jesus. So we'll see you Wednesday for the new moon services. And until then, may Jesus quicken your mortal souls. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.